Man, this is a trip. I just watched this again last night, and it has been a long time since I last saw it. And I yeah. think I laughed. I think I laughed a lot more this time rewatching it than I had before. Oh, I can definitely relate to that. Because <laughs> I was a young kid when I first saw this movie, and I was mostly just kind of shocked by the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was the same way when I saw it. I had a VHS of it, and at first I was like, what the heck is this? Just uh-huh. a bunch of random colorful images. And then I watched it. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> it's just, God, man, this thing stayed with me. And the first time I had a, a DVD player, I just, like, stopped in mid-step in Best Buy when I saw this was available. I'm like, you're kidding me. They actually put this on Blu-ray or DVD? Yeah, I know. And the funny thing was, it, it started coming out to DVD right after the Lord of the Rings were in theaters. I yeah. That. Yeah, because that's a conversation I had with a couple of friends of mine. Was, I was like, I cannot believe they gave Lord of the Rings to the guy that made these three movies that I just <laughs> love watching and drinking to, because holy hell. <laughs> the following episode of Cinema Recall contains adult language, movie spoilers, and situations some may find to be objectionable, so listener discretion is strongly advised. back to a new episode of the Cinema Recall Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out this show with us. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, first-timer on the show, uh, Donnie from the Teaches Kiss Podcast. Hello, Donnie. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and greetings and salutations to all. Yes. Uh, now, if listeners are not aware of, and they really should be, Cage's Kiss is a podcast dedicated to the master master thespian actor himself, Nicholas Cage, mm-hmm. and Donnie and many of his co-hosts. They go through Nicholas Cage's filmography, and I gotta ask you this, Donnie: What made you want to do a podcast dedicated to Nick Cage? I didn't. <laughs> oh, this, okay. no, this, uh, it's kind of funny. My sister and her friend, Adrian, uh, he's one of our co-hosts. They had been wanting to do a podcast for so, so long and they love Nick Cage films because the two of them and sometimes the three of us used to get together and get a couple drinks, get a couple of videos because her friend Adrian used to work at uh blockbuster and those are now extinct, of course, but he would have access to all the cheesiest, cruddiest movies and a majority of them just happen to be Nick Cage films. So she asked me along to be a part of the podcast. I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen really that many Nick Cage films. So, yeah, sure, why not? This will be an experience. And 62 films of his in, it's been an experience. Very nice. Uh, now, of all the episodes that you've done mm-hmm. on Nick Cage Features, and I listened to a few of them, has there been one movie that stood out as being, like, the pinnacle. If, if no one knew who Nick Cage was and you had to introduce them <laughs> to a Nick Cage feature, like the first one, what would be one that you would recommend? Honestly, thank you for that, because everyone usually asks, what is the worst one we've seen? They never actually ask, what would someone 
what would you give to someone to see to introduce him to him? And I have to say, it's the one thing of his that me and my sister saw one of his first films when we were very young is Raising Arizona. It was directed by the Coen brothers. It's, it's a fun, whimsical movie. And he doesn't really go full on where everyone knows him for, but he definitely is a character. And it's something that you will definitely remember. But it's just really, really fun cheesiness. You got John Goodman in there as well. It's just a really, really well done film. And it's one of his that still to me today is one that I still kind of quote from, pull from. And I genuinely liked him in it. You know, there's nothing like over the top about it. And it's not like something... uh like Vampire's Kiss, where people mostly know it because of how crazy he goes in it, or Mandy, where he really goes over the wall. But it's really a nice little introduction film for people. It's something I really highly recommend. I would agree with that, too. That's a really great pick. Uh, for me, I, I, I have to go with maybe Adaptation. Oh, yeah. That it's... was a really, yeah. That was uh, him playing himself and his brother in that, yeah. And it's very kind of a subdued performance. He doesn't quite go over the top. Even yeah. his brother, I mean, his brother, uh, I guess, Donnie is the more, like, uh, he has one brother that's really shy and one brother's outgoing. Yeah. And even the brother that's, like, outgoing, he's not, like, over-the-top outgoing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he really played a really nice way with that between the diversity of the two characters. And the twist in that movie, I really did not see. That was really interesting. Oh, very much so. Uh, so, for all listeners out there, I uh, do want to say that you can find all episodes of Cage's Kiss on their website, cageskiss.com. Uh, they're on Twitter, at Cage's Kiss. Uh, capital C, Cage's Kiss. Definitely check them out. They are definitely a lot of fun. Uh, quick little news before we begin our episode of Meet the Feebles. I have to mention this on our last episode. I gave the Ron website address for us. For Cinema Recall, and I apologize, we are not CinemaRecall.com, we are CinemaRecall.net, so I apologize for any new listeners of the show, and they tried to go to that website, and they found some weird porn fetish site, I apologize. We're actually <laughs> CinemaRecall.net, not .com, uh, but just want to put that out there. Uh, and also on previous episodes, I mentioned we were going to have guests come on and be on episodes, but... Through this whole uh, Corinna, you know, thing going on, guests had to cancel, uh, things got recorded but had to stop. It just, things happen, folks. So, apologize about that. If you're expecting episodes to come out right away, they've been delayed. All right. So, just want to put that out there right now. Uh, but we are going to get into Peter Jackson's Meet the Feebles, but right now we're going to take a small break, gotta play some ads from some other great, amazing podcast shows, and then we'll be back. We'll return after these announcements. Greetings and salutations. This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate Cage cast, where we discuss the movies and life of the national treasure, Nick Cage. My name is Linda, and every week I'll be joined by my brother Donnie and my best friend Adrian. There are three of us here, and I can't help but notice that none of us are Nicolas Cage. Did nobody call him? What? A Cage cast with no Nick Cage? What the shit's going on here? No, instead of being Nicolas Cage, we're three Nicolas Cage experts, which is the next best thing. I don't think we should admit to being experts. Too late. Unlike other Cage podcasts, we want you to participate. If you've seen Nick Cage out in the wild or have any other fun Nick Cage stories, we want to hear it. If you have any real life dilemmas, we want you to send them in. 
We are not experts at anything. We are not life coaches, and we are not in any way, shape, or form qualified to give you suggestions on life choices. But Nick Cage is, and he's made hundreds of life choices. We'll try to glean any wisdom we can from Nick Cage's character we're discussing that week to help you with your situation. Seriously, I cannot stress enough just how much you should not take our advice. But we're experts. No, seriously, we're not experts. Yes, but we will be reviewing his first acting gig as Nicholas Coppola, Best of Times, which features a young and very precious Crispin Glover. And his work in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And his work in My Nightmares. Please subscribe and join us every week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, YouTube, or our website, CagesKiss.com. We're experts. We're not experts. Whatever. Hey, this is Jason. And this is Mary. And we are the hosts of the comedy podcast, Whatever, with Jason Soto. It is a podcast unlike anything that's been done before. Is that true? Yes. Yes, it is. What makes us so different? Well, how many podcasts do you know talk about meat for five minutes? Or talk about REM songs? Or true crime? Well... Don't answer that last one. Alright, I guess I see your point. Plus, you get hilarious banter from us. Now tell us a podcast that does that. I can only think of one. Whatever with Jason Soto, found on Podomatic, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts can be found. Just once in a lifetime, there comes a motion picture so courageous, so explosive, that all else pales in comparison. A motion picture that breaks with convention, disregards taboos, risks 90 days in jail. Feeling shy? Are you pledged? This is a family show, for Christ's sake. And digs deep into hitherto unexplored regions. This is such a picture. Oh, it's beautiful white forest. The barriers are down. Sex. I'm hot, Bletch, but not the way you think. Drugs. Animal husbandry. Why did you bring it here? It's not mine. You know it's not. We'll let the court decide that, shall we? Corruption. Barry, do we align? From the killing fields of Vietnam to the playing fields of Beverly Hills. Oh, what the this is the motion picture that dares to probe the secret innermost fears. It's the big one, Harry. No, it can't be. I've taken precautions. That eats at the heart. That tears at the soul. Please, God. I know I've been a bad bunny. From Peter Jackson, the director who gave you bad taste, comes a movie with no taste at all. Meet the Feeble. A motion picture that gives all it's got. Meet the Feebles, the adult puppet movie with something to offend everyone. Please, don't tell your friends how it all comes out in the end. And we're back. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Cinema Recall. I uh, hope you do check out those other podcasts. Greatly appreciate all the support. 
Now, the movie that we are going to discuss and you just heard a trailer of is the feature Meet the Feebles. Uh, this was the second movie directed by Peter Jackson after he made the movie Bad Taste. And both him and longtime collaborator Fran Walsh created this very perverse version of The Muppets. <laughs> and the only way that I'll describe the plot of this is that it involves a young hedgehog named Robert, who's coming to be part of the cast of this uh, puppet variety show called The Feebles. And while he's there, uh, he meets a uh, boy we call here, like, as a lizard who's a uh, <laughs> heroin addict. Uh, yeah. You have a rat that's making porn films with a cow and an anteater. Uh, <laughs> you also have a walrus who is, like, the owner of this establishment. Uh, his wife is Heidi Hippo. The walrus's name is Blanche. Uh, his wife is Heidi the Hippo, and he's having an affair with his cat secretary, and just all these deranged things going on. Now, Dottie, let me ask you this here, buddy. Mm-hmm. Did you watch this before his big features of Lord of the Rings, or how did this work out oh, here? Yeah. Did you watch it before? Oh, the... yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I grew up in the era of VHS stores, and it's one of those I got into horror at a very, very young age. Sure. And one of the, his first films I saw was uh, actually Dead Alive first. Oh, okay, nice. And yeah, and I just laughed so hard. My sister and I still quote that movie, and then that led me inevitably to finding uh, Bad Taste, and then Meet the Feebles. And it's it's been an experience, and I actually had to seek out more about this. I found uh, behind the scenes on this film too, as well, because I just. It's you are really taken for a ride. If you look at the post art for that, that tells you nothing of the horrors that you're about to experience. (laughs) Just have stuck in your brain forever, and it's wonderful because of that. And I loved it because Peter Jackson literally said that he he doesn't really care much for Muppet movies, and he thought if I had to sit for an hour to watch a Muppet movie, what would I want to see in it? And this movie is the result, which is troubling, but amazing at the same time i would have to fully agree with that see i'm kind of different with my peter jackson introduction Mm -hmm. the first movie i ever saw of his was the frighteners oh yeah yeah uh michael j fox feature uh and i had no idea who the director was but this was at the time i was starting to you know study about filmmakers and everything and after my parents showed me that feature we watched it as a family i'm like i gotta find out what more of this guy has done Mm -hmm. and so the second feature I watched was Heavenly Creatures. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Which is very much different from The Frighteners. The Frighteners has much yeah. more comic vibe to it, and um, Heavenly Creatures is much more dramatic weight on there. It's like, whoa, this guy is very different. Yeah. And then a friend of mine showed me like a clipper trailer for Meet the Feebles, which is just <laughs> – and watched it one night. And I was just totally blown away that the same guy who made this very, very serious, dramatic movie like Heavenly Creatures that had, like, I think Kate Winslet and Melanie Lewinsky uh, about uh, two friends who kill their mother. And then you watch a movie about yes. freaking rat. <laughs> based on, and I should warn people ahead of time, too. We put a warning before the show. But, yeah, this movie 
does feature some troubling things, might be trigger warnings for others, you know, the movie does feature uh, violence against puppets, violence caused by puppets, there's uh, puppet rape, there's puppet suicide, puppet drug use, yeah, just all sorts of things. <laughs> and a wonderful song about Sodomy. Sodomy, oh my gosh, the songs <laughs> in this. These are some just grade A tier songs they came up with, and I just, I have no idea how they did, but bless their heart. I, I gotta say, some of those songs have kind of catchy melodies too. I like the Garden yeah. of Love. Oh gosh, yeah, that and the uh, One Leg Missing are pretty fun to listen to. Oh gosh. Jadson is not taking it too seriously. Like I love oh, the yeah. se- I love the sequence, and usually at our podcast, uh, we do talk about our favorite moments in movies, and that's what we're gonna do on this show. Kind of mm-hmm. talk about random moments we liked about this. But I love the flashback sequence that uh, <laughs> Heidi has when she's at the nightclub, and oh, yeah. she's yeah. doing this like jazzy number right there. And Blanche is at the bar, and he's talking to uh, the bartender, and he's like, who's that girl on stage? And the bartender's like, yeah, she's got a great voice. She's going to pack in crowds here. And the voice is terrible. <laughs> she's, just not, yeah. <laughs> she's not a good singer, but the fact that the bartender's going, yeah, she's bringing crowds in here. She's going to be a huge star. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love I love that so much. I love the uh, the lizard who's having withdrawals, who also just happens to have Vietnam flashbacks yes. during the middle of his performance. This thing, it's just that's what I love so much about this is all the insanity that ensues with this. It still has like a very almost by the number story you would normally see in a regular movie, just done seriously while having tongue in cheek at the same time. I mean, it's just so so funny. And so much is put into the characters. I mean, I love Bletch and I love the uh, the little goldfish that comes in for an audition of its own <laughs> and then makes a reappearance later on during a golf course scene. And there's there's even a puppet action scene at night with a whale of all things. 
and I never would have thought driving a car through a whale would be a way to kill one, but it yeah, it does. Well, I like the fact, too, that there are sequences where it's clear that uh, there's a sequence where a person is running with Heidi's head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the way that Peter Jackson is able to use a lot of exterior shots with yeah. this puppet world. It's a very much a world in and of itself. I mean, we uh, had an episode a few weeks ago with uh, Chris Revel, of Let's Chat mm-hmm. with Chris Revel, talking about the Muppets. And I remember that. The Muppets are featured in kind of like a human world. The Feebles are featured yeah. in just a feeble world. There are no humans yes. in this. Yeah, I really they. This is something I really love with uh, Peter Jackson is that he originally he didn't want to be a filmmaker at all, but then once he started getting into it, he loved that with just bare materials you could start building a believable world. And he actually talked about they had no idea how puppets worked, anything like that in this. So it was like a learning experience as they were going along, and. I remember looking at the credits of the film when I recently rewatched it for this podcast and I laughed. I didn't realize, but the person who played Heidi in full costume was actually also the writer for the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, and it's like they huh. just, they needed people to do it. And because they needed somebody that could handle the machine gun she uses later on, because they did not make light props. They used real things in this. He was the only one that could support the weight of that. Plus the weight of the costume. So yeah. they just stuffed him in, and there you go. There you go. Even the, the whale we were talking about had uh, six people that it had to take to operate that whole thing. That's... And they just it, – it's really kind of amazing. And then it's like you look at something like this, then look at what he did with the same effects team he's literally had since he's begun doing this with Brian Taylor and all them. They've really – they know what they're doing. It's like they've grown as filmmakers and have just come from this to Lord of the Rings. It's still, like we said before the recording here, just blows our minds to think these are his children. These are the things he did. And then he made Oscar-winning films. Yeah. it's Because I, there's, like, there's like three kind of tiers of Peter Jackson – uh, there was the movies he made with Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, and Brain Dead Slash Dead Alive. And then there are movies like uh, Heavenly Creatures and The Frighteners. Oh, yeah. Those are like his kind of blockbuster kind mm-hmm. of phases or award – yeah, like a uh, combination of both uh, award-winning features and like uh, blockbuster features, even though The Frighteners wasn't necessarily a blockbuster hit. I remember working mm-hmm. at a video store, and that movie was pretty popular – to rent, everyone seemed to enjoy that, even though it didn't do well so much in theaters. Uh, mm. And then after that, you know, he made Lord of the Rings, which was both both a big blockbuster and award-winning features. And then the movies he mm. made afterwards, which got some critical praise and yeah. I guess some blockbuster accolations, but not as much. And right. I really kind of wish that he would go back and make smaller budget movies again because i think he could really build up his fan base again for doing so yeah yeah and it's that's something i was gonna bring up also at some point might as well do now is um he announced last year and he's still doing it because he has the time finally to do so he's actually making 4k transfers of bad taste meet the feebles brain dead and heavenly creatures 
And I guess when he worked on the World War One documentary, they restored all this original footage from then and made it look as pristine as possible. And he was so impressed with that. He wanted to see what would happen if they ran a few sequences of bad taste through this. And because a lot of these films were shot in 16 millimeter, I believe, at the time. Yeah. And it's one of those he was just genuinely impressed with how well it looked. He's like, well, you know what? Hey, as soon as I have free time, we're going to work on these four films and get them looking the best they possibly can. And I love him for that because it's like not many directors really want to go back and look at things like that. And you again, you look at things like this and compare it to his blockbusters, his mainstream movies. And you would think he would try to distance himself, but he doesn't. He loves it. He even references uh, Dead Alive in King Kong and the the hold of the ship when they're going down there to show the cages and stuff and the uh, knockout gas they're going to use on Kong. There's a prop from uh, Dead Alive in the background that says Sumatran Rat Monkey on it. Really? It's actually pretty fun, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that before. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I even, you know, read online, too, that he uh, he mentioned both uh, Dead Alive and Meet the Feebles at the Oscars, too. So yeah. I like the fact that he does have... And it's interesting that you mentioned that he wants to re-show these movies in 4K because you're right, when you watch them, they're done in 16 millimeter. It almost seems like yeah. it's very the film work is kind of dark, uh, especially with it really does yeah. with Meet the Feebles. There's not a lot of light in there, and maybe that adds to it because it's they're working in like low budget theaters. Um, yeah. Because in the story of Meet the Feebles, uh, I guess they are trying to get picked up from for distribution. Uh, they want yeah. to put together like a big show. Uh, the Fox is having difficulties with his cast members and uh, yes. Blanche is having difficulty trying to find finance funding for the show and near the end they find out that they are going to be uh, picked up for I guess uh, serialized distribution um, I'm not quite right. sure the name but when TV shows get to become on networks everywhere um, yeah I think it was a syndication, syndication that's it. yes yeah. thank you yeah. uh, but everything looks kind of dark and drab and I would like the fact of this being done in 4K to just kind of brighten it up slightly. But I still want to look yeah. – I, I, I like the idea of 4K, but I, I still want to look kind of dingy, you know? Oh, and, yeah. And gross and stuff. I mean, come on now. You're doing a movie about puppets fucking each other and them shitting everywhere. Exactly. And eating – it's a, it's a disgusting feature. But <laughs> at the same time, you, you see these puppets do this stuff. And it's gross, but at the same time, there has to be someone out there actually controlling the puppets to do that. I mean, yes. when you have, like, the uh, anteater or whatever that person is having sets with the cow and he's spraying stuff everywhere. Yes. Oh, person... God. And the uh, rabbit and the carrot when he starts throwing Yes. Stuff. I mean, I mean, yeah. you may be grossed out by the stuff, but at the same time, it's just really kind of fantastic. Just the effects works that... Yeah, into it, uh, and I'm always impressed by movies with puppets because the way they have to move the camera to avoid seeing the puppeteer's hands, and mm -hmm. the way they have to proportion uh, the puppets to the set to, to make it look like they're actually in this theater or wherever they are, or even the sequence uh, when the lizard is having Vietnam flashbacks and they do a whole sequence of the deer hunter. Yeah. 
I know. <laughs> That's why, again, just was so pleasantly surprising because this film is just, it draws you in and you're just thinking, there's no way they're going to go this far, but they do. And it looks yeah. great. <laughs> I mean, it's not done like strictly parody either. It's like they really put a lot into what they were doing. And that's why it's so surprising. Like I said, when you consider they didn't know much of anything about puppets when they did this, and then they just blew it away. <laughs> For being kind of like their first attempt at puppets, uh, I recently read that um, – actually, no, there is a great sequence from Trailers from Hell – and if you don't know, Chil- mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Chills from Hell is a site yeah. where they get a bunch of uh, filmmakers and credits to do commentaries on movie trailers. And Mike Mendez did a great one about Meet the Feebles, uh, just talking about uh, how this was uh, their first feature and just doing all the puppet work themselves on there. Uh, yeah, it was actually really kind of fascinating. I'm not going to quote him uh, specifically right uh, but the fact that mm-hmm. you know this was their first feature and it's perverse and crazy, yeah, I definitely want to check that one out as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, ah, well, just trying to do now. Um, another great sequence in this movie, Donnie, um, if I can mention it, and kind of spoilers head here mm-hmm. towards the end, the whole sodomy number when. Heidi goes crazy because in the movie, Heidi does find out that Blanche is cheating on him uh, with another person. And then uh, Heidi is talking about, you know, leaving the show. She locks herself in the bathroom. Uh, Blanche comes in there and he decides to have sex with her, basically to get her back on the show. And then once the show is done, Blanche leaves her and she just gets distraught, wants to kill herself. The secretary cat comes through, and she's like, oh, hey, by the way, the safety's on. Just don't let me stop you. <laughs> yeah. And as a plan, she goes crazy, and she takes her out, yeah. and then just takes out the rest of the group there. Oh, uh, it, it's all done to that song, Sodomy. Yes, there is a Fox yeah. band leader that does a whole song about Sodomy. It, it's great. He wouldn't dare. Oh, Christ, he's not. Oh, yes, he is, boss. Sodomy, you must think it very oddly that I enjoy the act of sodomy. You might call the wrath of God on me, but if you tried it, then you might agree that you enjoy the act of sodomy. Don't worry if you feel ashamed, it's been around for years. Thousands more than can be named are interested in reels. Don't worry about hell, no harm will come to your soul. We're not all Pentecostal, but everybody's got an asshole. Let me tell you about sodomy. You must think it very odd to me. But I enjoy the act of sodomy. You might call it off the bar. It might just improve your sex and heart and to follow A fact that fundamentalists find difficult to swallow So join me as I sing of an activity that's fun Open up your ring 
and try it from to bum 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 It's got condom balloons floating around, phallic <laughs> statues I mean, this was a huge it, production. This was just supposed to this, like, this hippo running around with a machine yeah, gun, this... just offing everybody. And even though it, these are tragic things happen, there actually are some dramatic ways in there. I forgot to mention there is an elephant who supposedly had yep. an illegitimate kid with a chicken. And he yeah. kept trying to avoid her. Uh, but when Hyde the Hippo was starting to kill people and may actually try to kill the kid, he goes all out and becomes like a father again. And here's a guy yeah. who didn't really want to become yeah. a father and wanted nothing to do. And now he's taking responsibility for his actions. <laughs> um, and yeah. also, uh, that's great. I love that. Um, another kind of character, and we haven't really talked much about this. Uh, but what are your thoughts about Robert the Hedgehog and his story arc? Um, I actually have a lot of fun thoughts on him because of what it relates to real life for me. Um, I love okay. hedgehogs. And my fiance, Shaby Hedgehogs, and she got me onto this, and we've been getting each other pet hedgehogs for a while. But the thing that made me laugh, and she still has yet to get it because she won't watch this movie with me, and I don't know why – is her name is Lucille. And it just, like, I actually jokingly sang his song he sang to Lucille the Poodle. And what is that from? Did you make that? Like, no, it's from a movie you won't want. Amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, I love Robert's character. He was great, and it's one of my favorite lines between him and the producer was the whole, you may be Robert to your friends, but you're a rat shit oh, to gosh, me. yes. And just... And him trying to take a role so seriously when he's patrolling the moat. Like, what are you doing? You're supposed to stand still. Like, well, as a soldier, be patrolling the moat here. <laughs> no, your job is to stand up with a banner. You're a background character. I don't get my motivation. What am I doing <laughs> just standing here? There's a road going on. Oh, yes. Uh. Yes. But, I mean, his, his character arc is really – that's something that, again, surprised me with this. So seriously, they were kind of taste still remaining so tongue-in-cheek about the fact you're watching a movie puppets trying to deal with every situations and horrible yeah, problems. It, gosh. Yeah. We're kind of seeing this movie through Robert's eyes in the way he's supposed to be the audience yeah. uh, for the movie. Yeah. And I like his art as well. Um, I thought, I thought it was kind of funny and maybe kind of cute, maybe a little bit, uh, Depressive, yeah. the fact that he gets all bundled up and shy when he does first meet Lucille. Yeah. Uh, and they do start yeah. a relationship with each other. And while they're doing this, uh, the rat, which I forgot his name, uh, he is going to try and get um, Lucille to be part of his pornos because I guess Blanche says yes. utter porn is just not doing it anymore. We got, we need someone <laughs> yeah. fresh, someone new. And so the rat goes, well, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to go after this. Uh, Lucille chick, and he goes into her dressing yeah, room. Yeah. And this is just right after 
Uh, both Lucille and Robert have been in a relationship for a little while, and they're going to go out on a date, and the rat comes in and drugs her and rapes her, basically. And during that sequence, Robert comes in, sees what they're doing, and then blames her for it and doesn't want to listen to anything. That's my only big yes. problem is the fact that Robert does not want to listen to anything that she has to say. And yes. at the end, he goes, hey, look, I don't care what you've done. I still love you. It's like you didn't really get a chance for her to explain anything. Yeah. You know? And yes, she doesn't drink at all. I don't. He, I oh, figured no. he would have just done more. Uh, just try to talk to her more is all. Yeah, I mean, even and even then, it's still kind of like again, serious tone mixed with comedy because it was just hard not to laugh after when he's like, "You're a loose <laughs> <nut."> <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Okay, <laughs> but I mean, it was still it was still fun, and especially seeing him come into the rescue for her at the end, right as Heidi's about to shoot them both, and it's just oh, even. That, that, oh gosh, there's so much to love about this movie. Even the end, when it tells you what happened to everyone that survived. Oh, God, oh yeah, the little town cards <laughs> showing that she works in a grocery. Oh, the Heidi Hippo got the job at the grocery store, and yes. And... Oh, the the, the rat's name was uh, Trevor. Uh, okay. Trevor. It's like I just I just remember that mostly because it's at, it's tagged in at the end of the uh, sodomy okay. song, <laughs> when he's like he wants him eliminated now. Gosh. Yeah. I, I guess for this movie, for uh, people out there that have never seen this movie before, it does seem to be like there's like just kind of like random stories going on all at once. Uh, we mentioned about Robert the Hedgehog being uh, in love with Lucille and his first time on stage and being amored with everyone there. Uh, there is a subplot uh, where both uh, Blanche is trying to get a Georgia deal of cocaine, but the per and I guess the bulldog, I guess uh, puts in bleach with it, and so when they yeah. get the anteater who was in porn sequences with Trevor, when he goes to try it, it melts his face, and so they're trying to go after the bulldog in this great kind of outdoor uh, fight sequence that involves a big giant spider that eats one of the characters as well and then that's the sequence where they drive through the whale um and then you got uh harry i think it's harry the rabbit what's the, what's the rabbit's name yeah it's harry yeah it's so harry, harry yeah. is this most popular person <laughs> on the show and he has sets with everything everything rabbits yeah. muggies bugs doesn't matter and there is a little fly that is a journalist yes. who's trying to get the piece on him because after he had one of his escapades, he goes to the doctor, and the doctor is this duck, and he says, it's, it's it, Harry, it's the big one, and you have about, yeah. Harry's like, how long do I have to live, doc? And the doctor says, about, uh, I think, 10 hours were there. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, well, I gotta be on stage, <laughs> and the more and more the movie goes on, the more and more his face gets worse, oh, and this fly is trying yeah. to put together a storyline of it, and yeah, it, great stuff there. Oh, God, I feel terrible. Well, what's happening to me? What's the matter, Harry? Not feeling huh? too well? What? Who said that? 
It's all those late nights. Maybe you're not getting enough vitamins. Care to join me for lunch? Yours, is it, Harry? You are sick! No, Harry. I think you are. What you got? Give me the rundown on your symptoms. Uh, I ain't got nothing, you, you shit-eating journal! Can't suppress the media, Harry! <laughs> Come on, you can tell me. I'll be very discreet. Uh, I'm, I'm as fit as a fiddle. I, I feel fantastic. I'm sick and tired of you. Oh, you like Harry, the hair stars at Evil's Variety Hour. <laughs> Sounds like the germs of a good story. Leave me alone! You can't hide the truth, Harry. Whatever it is you got, I'm gonna find out, even if I have to make it up. <laughs> this is gonna be a great scoop. Even the sequence when Blanche does find the fly, and he rips off one of the rings of the fly, and goes, look what we got here, we got a left-wing journalist. Yeah. <laughs> we can't have biases in this shit now. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the whole hiding. There's so, there's so many, many stories. stories going on in this whole thing. And this is like a 90 minute feature, but they put so much yeah. density into this as well, where you never get bored with watching one story from another. And I can totally see how this could become a television series. Oh, yeah. Because I think absolutely. that's probably got to mention when I talked about Chills from Hell. Mike Mendez did mention that this was going to be originally um, a pilot for a television series. And I really can't picture <laughs> this movie being picked up for any network, even cable. No. No. I mean, maybe, maybe. I don't think Cartoon Network was around back in 89. No, it was not. No, it. Yeah. Even HBO, because HBO, when it first started, it's kind of funny to think of now. They are they were doing exactly what Netflix is doing now, which is give us all of your original program. We don't care what it is. We'll put it on our network because they needed shows. But even that with Meet the Feebles, I think they would have at least drawn some kind of a moral Yeah, line. I totally, totally agree with that. There's no way that they would – I can see now maybe like Cartoon Network doing oh, yeah, something absolutely. like this. Um, I almost want to see a sequel in a way mm-hmm. to this. I want it to be done with like a kind of a bigger budget. So, yeah, I mean, it would be great to see it, like we were saying earlier, and I support as well. I would love to see Peter Jackson go back to doing horror with all the stuff he's learned now, with everything he has behind him, and yeah, on a much smaller budget, yeah. definitely. Because I think it would be really entertaining. It would be really fun to go back to and do that. And he obviously still loves the genre, so That's true, but know. I, uh, I know he likes – and I like what he has you know, been doing like with the documentaries. And you can tell that oh, he yeah, can yeah. be a serious filmmaker, especially with Lord of the Rings and Healthy Creatures, which I still think mm. is my – probably what I picture as his best movie. Dramatic-wise, natural-wise, oh, yeah. Healthy Creatures just has – all that stuff there. I know we do like emotionally drastic material and good acting, everything yeah. like that. But if you watch a movie like Meet the Feebles or even Bad Taste <laughs> or Dead Alive, he's got this such yeah. such great comic timing that I want to see. He really does. More of. Most people don't think of Peter Jackson as like a comedy director. But if you have watched like yeah. The Frighteners or 
even oh, with Lord of the Rings, there are sequences of comedy in there, but not to yeah. the level as they were with his earlier works. Oh yeah, I mean even the, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, even the uh, cameos he made in like Bad yeah. Alive as well. Just it's just pure body comedy, and it's something I when I talk to film friends of mine, we often compare Evil Dead with <clears throat> Bad Taste. Just because they were both low budget, they both took a very long time to make. I believe uh, Bad Taste took four years or so for them to make because they used to shoot it on weekends and it became a large project when it was only supposed to have been, I think, originally 10 minutes or so. And just they all had fun with it. You could obviously tell that. And even the early effects they did, very over the top, still sold it. And then seeing like uh, who would have thought you would see a house rocketing into space as a spaceship? (laughs) For a final <laughs> battle with an alien working for a food corporation. I mean, it's just, I, I love where his mind goes with these stories because I would never have thought that would be something you would see committed to film. But he sells it, and there's so much humor in that in every single thing they Very do. Much so, yeah. Yeah. Um, ask you, Donnie, uh, do you, I mean, we talked about favorite moments here and there of the movie. Um, yeah. is, is there actually one that just stands out? from the rest i mean instead of just the obvious with the musical i i still love the um it's kind of like it doesn't really have a main thing to do with the story but it's when heidi goes out and she goes and stops at the bakery and eats literally every single cake (laughs) in the place and falls on her butt and then it's like she follows it up with, well, I'd like to take yes. one to go. <laughs> like it's the very last one he has. That's great. That's uh, very little. I, I was just going to say, it's like this whole movie, the entire experience, you're going to walk away with something that you absolutely love in it. And at the same time, if you've seen, like me and my sister, and I believe you as well now with having seen it because of your episodes, the uh, Muppet movies, it's like you know how things work in that. But then you come to this. And they run with it in so many ways that just create even more memorable moments for the same reason the Muppets do for their songs and their arcs. But just you you almost feel bad embracing it. But if you love these kind of movies, you're just absolutely going to love that you have this in your life. I can totally get if people watch this and they're like, what the hell is Mm -hmm. this? This is completely stupid. This is just wrong. Why am I watching this? Who wants to see a walrus fuck a cat and goes, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> almost be able to, almost be able to toss my cookies. <laughs> you know, like, or even <laughs> I like the sequence when Robert mm-hmm. is seeing the cow getting, I guess, uh, whipped by. Oh, I, I can't yeah. tell if it was like a cockroach or something. Yeah, it was, it, a was, cockroach. it was a cockroach, so yeah. This uh, cow is being yeah. whipped by this cockroach, and Robert tries to go to save her, and doesn't realize that yeah. it's a uh, scene that Trevor the Rat is shooting, and uh, the cow trips and falls and lands on the cockroach, killing him. Yeah. <laughs> she crushed the message. But the fact that Robert is a little bit naive to things going on in the place, that, yeah. that, that's why I say Robert's kind of the audience, because I'm sure the audience doesn't know yes. about the sadomasochist things that are going on. And the fact that they're with puppets, yes. animal puppets just made that much more bizarre. <laughs> if this was a movie about uh, done with humans 
And it's about a young kid who comes to this theater troupe and sees all this crazy things going on with, like, drug addiction and rat people shooting portals. Yeah. Uh, it would be a straight drama. And it would talk about the horrors of yeah. moving to Hollywood and all that stuff. But the fact that it's all done with puppets makes it that much more absurd and makes it that much more funny. Yes. Like, having a sequence when anybody commits suicide is not a funny thing. I have sequences no. where people, or when a person drugs another person sets with them, it's not funny. But done with puppets, it's funny. <laughs> Uh, hey folks, it's me, The Vern here. Uh, apologize immensely for doing this, but I gotta put a stop to this episode. Apparently, when we were recording with Skype, there were some audio issues that I had no idea were happening until I was editing this episode, and there really is no way for me to fix this. Usually, I have me and my guest record our audio separately, but my file did not save, so I did not find mine. So I, I decided to just use Stripe's recording. And if you're a podcaster and you've used Stripe, you knew you know the issues that happen when you use that program. And that's what happened on this episode. But I didn't want to scrap the whole episode just because the last five or ten minutes gets cut out. So apologize immensely for listeners, especially first-time listeners. This is not what usually happens on our shows, but things happen that you can't control. Hey, just like the whole coronavirus that's going on right now, there's going to be things that happen that you cannot anticipate or control. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed this episode on Meet the Feebles. And I think both myself and Donnie gave you enough context about the movie that you can decide for yourself if you want to watch this movie or not. I definitely would suggest checking out Donnie on the podcast, Cage's Kiss. Uh, those episodes can be found at cageskiss.com. Uh, Donnie himself, he can be found on Twitter at Unreal Goals. And apologize immensely for this episode, but do check out Cage's Kiss. They're more professional. They don't have so many fuck-ups. So definitely go on to cageskiss.com. And they're available on like Spotify and like iTunes. Most other places you can find podcast shows. Uh, definitely check it out. As for Cinema Recall, I hope to be back on again later on this week. Uh, there will be a bonus episode uh, on our Patreon page, uh, which is patreon.com slash cinemarecall. And there'll also be a regular bonus episode this weekend, Friday or Saturday, uh, on our other platforms, which of course is Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Our official website is cinemarecall.net. And we're available on like Twitter at cinema underscore recall. And then on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Cinema Recall Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. I do hope you have a great day. Despite all the bullshit that's going on right now, I do hope that you're having a really great and wonderful day. And I love you dearly, and uh, we will be back again soon. All right? Have a good one, everybody. Goodbye.